Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good afternoon, Bucknutters. I am Dave Biddle here right after the spring game ended moments ago. Maybe it uh, hasn't even ended yet if you're watching on TV, but it has ended. Um, The offense pulled out a 34-26 victory over the defense. Um, I love that they tackled for a lot of the game. Of course, when, you know, the quarterbacks were off limits and starters like Travion Henderson, they were just thudding up, but we saw a lot of tackling. I thought Ryan Day put on a good show for the fans the way he set this up. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing that I took away was the young guys, the true freshmen, the guys that should still be in high school right now. And some of the other young guys that are stepping up that aren't even necessarily true freshmen, but Jordan Hancock, um, all the hype he's been getting this spring, including from yours truly. uh, He backed that up today. Kai Stokes is another one. True freshman safety has been getting a lot of hype. He backed it up today. So, uh, yeah, man, you know, we're going to talk all things Ohio State football. Um, We're going to have hopefully have either Patrick Murphy or Steve Hellwagon on, or both of them, to talk about what they're seeing at interviews right now, what they hear at interviews. And uh, we're going to have Bill Gerlich on to talk recruiting. It's a huge recruiting day for Ohio State as well. Tons of recruits here. So I thought it was a really, really, really good day of football out there. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. I'm glad they weren't just playing two-hand touch for most of the game, that they were actually tackling. And, uh, again, it was great to see some of the young guys out there um, so I'm sure there's going to be some comments and questions I don't get to, but I'm going to get to as many as I can. They're flying and fast and furious. I love it. You guys are awesome. Um, love Buckeye Nation. Um, yeah, let's start with, uh, you know, Ed mentioned that Stokes and Proctor looked outstanding. Yeah, I think you can throw Jordan Hancock in there. You know, and Proctor, it was interesting to me that Proctor uh, was out there starting the game. Like, he obviously, that was when they were just thudding. He wasn't tackling. But, man, you know, I thought he would be missing spring, period. And – when spring started, we were told early in spring that he was actually going to do, be doing some stuff. But Josh Proctor, um, not being quite full go yet, but being close, being out there starting, looking good, running good. Uh, I'm sure he could tackle if he really needed to, if it was a real game. Looks like he's going to be full go for the start of camp. Um, Kai Stokes is going to add good depth there at safety. Jordan Hancock looked great. So, uh, yeah, um, where here we go. Where the heck was Fleming? We're asking the same thing. This is going to be something – I'm not at the press conference that's going to be starting, obviously, here in – We'll see. Hopefully 15 minutes. Sometimes it takes a little longer. Um, I'm sure that's going to be one of the many questions that Ryan Day asks or is get asked. I don't think I don't think he's in the doghouse. Like I said, we're trying to find out what's going on. You know, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he came down with an illness. Um, I don't know. I, I think, um, I, you know, we'll find out. I'll let you guys know as soon as I know. Um, yeah, I mean, there's another one. I mean, I, I got – I got my notes here. You know, I've got a lot of stuff jot- jotted down. I mean, JT2 and Willow Owl looked great out there. You know, he had a sack. He would have had another sack, but he drew an obvious holding penalty. 
You know, I thought Jack Sawyer looked good. Jack Sawyer had a sack. Jack Hoyer had Jack Sawyer drew a, a hold, which would have been another sack. So, man, those guys are looking really, really good. And you know, let's talk about you know some of the young guys that really stood up, stood out. I think you know Evan Pryor to me, you know, for a third string tailback. My God, are they loaded? We talk about quarterback and defensive line, how stacked they are. I mean, at running back, you got Travion Henderson, who of course is one of the best running backs in the country. I love Mayan Williams, man. He's so tough to tackle. That's why it was fun seeing them today. When Mayan was in there, when they're thudding up, a lot of three-yard runs, right? When Mayan was in there, when they were tackling, that's a that's a different ball game right there. Then you're seeing Mayan bust through there, break off tackles, make guys miss. Uh, he even had a long run, uh, made Mitchell Melton look silly on that run. Then Mitchell Melton gets hurt a couple of plays later in a non-contact play. That's too bad. This is a young man in Mitchell Melton that was coming on this spring big time. He was that number that number two Leo, Jack Sawyer being the number one Leo. And Mitchell Melton, third year in the program, missed his first two years in the program due to injuries. And uh, hopefully it's not as serious as it looked. But when there's there's no non-contact injuries and you're grabbing your leg, I don't need to tell you guys, that's not good. Hopefully it's not, um, hopefully it's not uh, as bad as we think. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, JTT, Jack Sawyer, Evan Pryor to me. Let's go back to running backs. Evan Pryor. Uh, for a third string running back. Are you kidding me? Um, and, and what a great opportunity for him. They're not going to use Travion Henderson much. Um, they, yeah, they use Mayan Williams a lot, but with Marcus Crowley being out and Ryan Day gave a very ominous answer when I asked about Marcus Crowley, but it sounds like he's not going to be back anytime soon. It's a second serious knee injury that he suffered last year. So uh, what a tremendous opportunity for Evan Pryor. He'll be a redshirt freshman, played in four games last year, but was able to redshirt uh, to be that number three running back, you never know. If somebody goes down, all of a sudden he's the backup. Two guys go down, all of a sudden he's the starter. You know, I think he could more than hold the fort down. He's going to be especially dangerous out of the backfield. Evan Pryor's a guy that stood out to me. Uh, Joe Royer is a guy that I jotted down here. Joe Royer looks like he's going to be a good tight end for this team. G. Scott Jr. had a good game. Not just the catches. I mean, he had several catches, but I thought G. Scott Jr. looked good as a blocker out there. Um, and that's the thing that he needs you know, to get better at. And he would be the first one to tell you that. I mean, he, he knows what's up. He's moving, moved from wide receiver to tight end, and he can catch the ball well. Uh, you know, freak athlete, hasn't lost any speed. In fact, he says he's actually gained some speed, which is scary considering the fact he's put on like 25 pounds. G. Scott could be a nice weapon there. Um, we'll see. Was it window dressing today, them throwing to the tight ends? You know, fool me once, uh, you know, fool me 20 times in my case on the beat here. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll believe it when I see it that they're going to throw the tight end. But I did think that um, that Joe Royer looked good. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of people are talking about Kai Stokes. No doubt about it. Kai Stokes had a big game. Some of my other notes here. I thought overall the offensive line played well. There, I saw some big holes that were open. I mean, that's against this defense. That's tough to do. And sometimes they were doing that when they were thudding up. So the runs weren't as long as they would have been. There were a couple of miscues. You know, there's a couple of penalties on the offensive line. I'm not even really talking about the backups. I mean, I'm talking about really the starters. There was, a, you know, a few uh, miscues there. But I thought, overall, I thought the starting offensive line played well. And I like that group. I like that group. We've been talking about that a lot on the podcast um, throughout spring. This, uh, this uh, group of offensive linemen, right now they don't have, don't have a lot of depth behind them. But they will get Josh Fryer back for the start of the season. And he is a young man that um, – uh, they believe is going to be the top backup lineman on the team. He's missed the spring right now. Is that torn ACL? But I saw him out there. He was in street clothes. He was at least able to. He's running, you know, to the, to the locker room and everything. So it sounds like Josh Fryer. In fact, Ryan Day did say that Josh Fryer should be healthy sometime this summer. I know there's been some talk about the defense. You know, not looking that great. I mean, I tell you what, I liked what Jim Knowles was doing though. You could tell he was mixing things up, and he was. There was times when they were very confused. 
things that Ohio State did not do well the last two years, confuse the opposition, mix things up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba and the number one offense out there in the country, they're going to, you know, the defense is going to give up some plays. But I liked overall what I saw to Jim Knowles. I think when fans go back and rewatch the game and see some of the things that uh, the defense was doing, you'll see that Jim Knowles was doing a good job of mixing things up, um, showing one thing, doing another. Um, again, Jack Sawyer's that number one, Leo as expected. Uh, and they'll do some traditional 4-3. Saw Reed Carico out there, um, uh, but um, it's too bad. Mitchell Melton being that number two Leo. Now, if he's hurt, they're going to have to find somebody else there. They really liked him coming on, so we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, some people are saying that they really like what they saw out of the defense today. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, Jordan Hancock, as we talked about, Kai Stokes, Denzel Burke. I mean, I, I almost forgot Denzel Burke made two, like, NFL plays. I almost didn't even mention him. I mean, there's just so much good stuff. Um, yeah, we talked about Jack Sawyer, both mine, Williams, and Pryor looking good. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought the quarterbacks were sharp overall. I really did. I mean, CJ wasn't perfect, but, um, I thought he looked good. Um, you know, Kyle McCord started the game off seven for seven. You know, he looked good and I love Devin Brown's arm and his pocket presence. There are times when it looked like they were going to get a sack on him. All they had to do was touch him to get a sack. And he was able to step up in the pocket and avoid a rush. In fact, he made a great play to avoid a rush through a ball. It looked like it was going to be complete. And then Kai Stokes broke it up. So it actually was a good play by both guys. You know, it's just sometimes good beats good, you know, and, and Devin Brown made a good play just to not, you know, get sacked. And then he almost completes the ball, but uh, Kai Stokes jumped the route. So I think there's a lot to be, um, a lot to be excited about. Um, yeah. With the CJ Stroud running, as I said, you know, people like to make fun of this, like, Oh, yeah, best passing quarterback in the nation. Ohio state fans want him to run. Ha ha ha. That's not it at all. Uh, I just think once or twice a game, which he did toward the end of last season, you got to keep him honest. And, you know, I think he needs to do that every once in a while. Or when the play breaks down, you got 10 yards. Instead of chancing it and throwing it down the field, it's third down. Get the first down. Um, and then if the defender gets near you, get down. Um, but he knows. He knows when there's times when he'll be able to run and get that first down. I do think we'll see it more this year. Keep in mind that the bum shoulder last year, I think the coaching staff was telling CJ, don't run, <laughs> you know, you know, at least, you know, try not to run. So I think that, you know, obviously that's not going to be his forte, but I think he will mix that in a little bit. Yeah, man. I mean, Tyleek Williams beast had that one face mask. I mean, that's going to happen when you're in there just grappling around, but he's a beast. They've needed that. They've had very good defensive tackles here over the last few years, but they've missed that Jonathan Hankins type, that big Hank, that 330 pound. And I know they list Tyleek Williams at 315 pounds. Man, if he's 315 pounds, I'm seven foot eight. Like, there's no way he's 315. He's 330. Um, he, he's at least 325. So he's getting up in that Big Hank territory when Big Hank was here. I love Tyleek Williams. I think Mike Hall's a player on the rise very quick. Um, so a little undersized, but he won't be undersized for long. He's getting bigger and bigger. Um, very quick in there. Of course, they've got the veterans. Uh, I love I love that D-line. Can't talk enough about that D-line. Yeah, people are asking about Fleming. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out for those that are just tuning in. I, we don't know either. We're trying to find out. The press conference is probably going on right now. We're going to try and have Steve Hellwagon and Patrick Murphy on at some point. Um, and before we do that, we're going to have Bill Curlick on at some point uh, to talk recruiting. I mean, it was huge, huge recruiting day. Let's see, what, what are some of you guys want to talk about here? I know I'm, I'm like talking so much. There's so many, so many, uh, there are so many comments and questions. Let's get to it here. Yeah, Sawyer and JT, that is a scary combination. And keep in mind, JTT wasn't even here at this time last year. He didn't even arrive till the end of July. I mean, now he's got a full year under his belt. That's going to be huge. And he still played as a true freshman. Jack Sawyer's 35 pounds uh, heavier. 
Um, so let's see. D-line should be a problem for everyone. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, we've got a couple of questions here. Venice Williams, my guy. You know, and Jason Williams. You guys related? I don't know. I know Venice. I don't know if, uh, if Jason and, and Venice are, are related. You guys have a very common last name in Williams. Yeah, Devin Brown looks good, guys. He really does. And Kyle McCord looks good. So good problems to have. Usually Ryan Day wants um, four quarterbacks, scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. He's got three. I, I don't think he's complaining too much. So you got those three. So great problem to have. No, no word on Melton yet. Way too early on that. I'm sure Ryan Day is going to be asked about that. We'll, we'll get his thoughts on that. Um, yeah, I loved, I loved the tribute to Dwayne Haskins. Really, really cool. I also liked that the attendance today was 60,007. 60,007. Fitting, right? 60,000 and the final number, seven. So I thought that was cool. Maybe I'm the only one that uh, kind of looked into that. But I'm weird like that, my friends. I'm weird like that. Um, yeah, let's hope. Let's hope it was nothing serious. Talked about Devin Brown. You guys got my thoughts on that. Um, yeah, I tell you what, I like this. Kai Stokes does look a little bit like a young uh, Malik Hooker who didn't even see the field to his third year, <laughs> as I'm sure you guys remember. Redshirted, barely played as a redshirt freshman, then had maybe the best season I've seen from an Ohio State safety. And I don't say that lightly. Malik Hooker, the, his third year, sophomore year, ended up being a mid-first round pick by the Colts. Injuries have hurt him in the NFL, but he's still in the NFL. And there's been a lot of great <laughs> years of, of Ohio State safety. Mike Doss had three of them. Um, there's been many, many others. But, uh, I mean, I would put what I saw out of Yvonne Bell. I would put what I saw out of Malik Hooker just for that one season right up there. And if Kai Stokes can be even close to that good, and it looks like he might be, I mean, that's scary. Where was Fleming? Yeah, we'll find out. We, we don't know yet. We'll find out for those that are just tuning in. Um, hopefully, I'm giving it, you know, hopefully it was nothing. Hopefully he would, maybe it was just a little under the weather. Um, I imagine if it was something serious that one of us would have heard something from our sources like, hey, look, be on the watch out for Julian Fleming, this and that. It's usually how it goes. Give you guys a little peek behind the curtain there. All right. Um, all right. Hey, hey, watch the profanity. No, it no, doesn't really doesn't really offend me. Just no, no F-bombs, no certain words. Well, we'll I won't post them if you if you post certain words. We'll let the S word up there, though. The O-line scares the S out of me, says Omar. I tell you what, when Ryan Day says that he's concerned about the depth on the offensive line, we should all be concerned about the depth on the offensive line. Let's, let's hope the starters stay healthy um, and Josh Fryer gets back because I do like Josh Fryer a lot. But, man, some of these other offensive, young offensive linemen and Enoch Vamahi is entering his fourth year. He's not even that young anymore. You know, some of these guys like Grant Tutant entering their third year. I mean, you can't even really consider that young in college football anymore if you're entering your third year. Um, I consider guys that are young first and second year guys. I really cut it off after that. Um, you're in your third year in college ball. I mean, you're a, you're a middle-aged man in college ball at that point. Um, any worry about pass pro? I mean, a little bit, a little bit. I did think that they, they, you know, they got some good pressure, but I think also Ohio state has just excellent, excellent edge rushers. So I can hear the Ryan day press conference going on now. They have it on the loudspeaker, um, in here. So the Ryan day press conference just started. I won't be able to hear, I can just hear him talking. I can't hear what he's saying, but we'll get, We'll get my guys on later. Hopefully they can fill in what we heard heard at the press conference. Oh, yeah, Kai Stokes flash. No doubt about that. Yeah, no doubt about that. Tyleek Williams looked great. Tyleek Williams was limping a little bit the last time in. You know, I uh, I was writing, and I must have missed that. Let's hope that's nothing serious. Um, Tyleek limping a little bit. That's the first I'm hearing about that, so hopefully that's not uh, 
anything serious. We need that big guy in there. Love Tyleek Williams. Um, not going to lie, the Dwayne Haskins tribute made my house hold. Oh, my household cry. I got you. My household cry. <laughs> got you. Um, household's one word. Sorry, I shouldn't have done that. I'm an editor. I, I, I do stuff like that. I'm a grammar nerd. Sorry about that. I probably misspelled something. As I say, I'm a grammar nerd on the banner. Um, let's see. Okay, here we go. I tell you what, another interesting thing is, you know, to add depth. Now, hopefully they won't need to do it. But Donovan Jackson, obviously, is a starting left guard. I think he's a star on the rise. Uh, I think Paris Johnson's going to have a big year at left tackle. Um, but just to be sure, they're having uh, you know Donovan Jackson rep at left tackle on the second team. So John, Donovan Jackson's getting a lot of reps out there. First team left guard. Excuse me, sec, first team, yeah, first team left guard, second team left tackle. So that's interesting. I know they love Donovan Jackson a lot. That's the important thing. When we talk about the lack of depth on the offensive line, they love these starters. And I think Justin Fry was an excellent hire. It's not getting enough, you know, pub, including from me, because we're talking about Jim Knowles and New Look defense so much. Um, but I tell you what, um, I think Justin Fry was a really, really, really good hire. Um, yeah, man. I tell you what, the Kai Stokes fan club is rolling in. I mentioned this earlier. If he would have went out there and laid an egg today, him and Jordan Hancock, I would have looked stupid because I've been saying all spring that Jordan Hancock and Kai Stokes are guys to watch, but uh, they look better than I even expected. I can't expect say I expected them to look that good. Jordan Hancock, I kind of did because he's entering his second year. Kai Stokes should still be in high school right now. That was a steal of a recruit. He, even though he was a four-star, he didn't like going to all the combines and stuff, if you're wondering. Kid from Florida, his film looks great. Track star, what how in the world was he ranked? He's a low four star. Why was he not at least a high four star, maybe a mid four star at the very worst? Because he didn't go to the combines, the camps. He, he, he wasn't about that life. He wanted to just be a football player and run track. And uh, we're seeing it. Kai Stokes, even though he was a four star, completely, completely underrated. Yeah, I tell you what, Joe Royer looked really good. You know, I think they got something to tie it in. Obviously, you know, Kate Stover is a little banged up right now, but they're going to have him there. And, um, you know, but yeah, I really like Joe Royer a lot. Tell you what, guys, I'm going to try and get Bill Curlick. Let's see if Bill Curlick's going to jump on with him. Let's talk some recruiting. As I text Bill Curlick, live podcasting here. This is how we're doing it. Um, let's see. Can you jump on soon? So there you go. The Dean will be stopping by soon. Let's see. Uh, assuming he gets my text. If not, I'll call him. You, get, you guys will get to hear me call the Dean live on the air here. So, yeah, I thought the quarterbacks looked good. I mean, I, I obviously there's going to be a lot of buzz about Devin Brown. He just, man, he, that arm looks good, and he's so good in the pocket. But Tom McCord <laughs> looks really good, too. I mean, my gosh. This roster, I tell you what, I talked about this. I put, I put something on Twitter, and, of course, every other fan base but Ohio State fans said, oh, okay, you're saying this because you're a fanboy. Um, I tell the truth about Ohio State football. If I thought there were big holes on this roster, I would let you know. Obviously, depth on the offensive line is a concern. Um, other than that, I don't see a big concern on this roster. I, I see a stacked roster, a talented roster, and I see – look at Bill Curley ready to jump on with us. I love this guy. And I see a, a, the coaching staff that finally fits – and so I love this Ohio State team, and I love the dean of Ohio State football recruiting. Look at that. I, I showed them, Dean. I, I texted you, like I think like 10 seconds ago, felt like, and you're already on. You're, you're the dean of live podcast, too, I think. Um, <laughs> huge recruiting day, obviously, today. Um, give the viewers and listeners an update. Um, what do they need to know about the day that was and still is recruiting for the Buckeyes, Bill? 
Well, glad to be on with you today, Dave. And um, it, it, it's a huge, as you mentioned, recruiting day for Ohio State. You know, you look around and everywhere you look, uh, there's a great player visiting Ohio State. You know, they're on the sideline, end zone. Uh, and, of course, everybody uh, was very excited. One of those players happens to be Dylan Rayola, the quarterback from Arizona, who's the number one prospect in the class of 2024. That's not the number one quarterback. That's the number one prospect, period. You know, he uh, is at Ohio State today, and a lot of hopeful Buckeye fans that maybe he'll become a commitment in the not-too-distant future. Um, and, you know, we've had the running list uh, of visitors to Ohio State this weekend for quite a while on Bucknuts, but there were some names that uh, showed up today that um, – I don't know if you'd say they were unexpected, but they hadn't necessarily confirmed. And they're big names. Arvell uh, Reese was was supposed, you know, uh, is one of the top Ohio targets. Uh, Austin Searvelt from uh, Westchester, I should say, uh, Lakota East High School, also made it there with his parents, and that was big. Um, from Florida, Damon Wilson, a, a great defensive end, made it, and then all the way from California, Jordan. Uh, excuse me, uh, Jordan Gibson, who um, is one of the country's top 2025 prospects. And, uh, you know, not a lot was known about him coming to Ohio State this weekend. I, I, I'm sorry, I said Jordan Gibson, I think. Jordan Davison, I mean. Um, so so really, just, just a great, great day for Ohio State. I have a question here for you, Bill. We've got a few questions. Let's get to one. Uh, let's see here. Here we go. Let's go to Matthew. Matthew wants to know, how is the five-star quarterbacks quarterbacks visit going? I'm hearing it's more of a when than an if. Your thoughts, Dean? Well, uh, and, and I'm sure he's referring to Dylan Rayola. Um, oh, he right? sure, he yeah. sure looked like he was having a good time. I'll say that. Um, you know, Ohio State, uh, of course, is, is taking – good care of him for sure. Uh, he was talking to Ryan Day. He was talking to uh, Corey Dennis, uh, Brian Hartline. Now, that's three three big-time recruiters right there for the Ohio State staff. So, you know, I, I think it's going really well. Um, as far as a matter of when rather than if, you know, I don't know if I would go quite that far just yet. You know, I do like Ohio State's chances a lot here. Um but the, the interesting thing is, you know, three weeks ago, you know, he was seen to be all USC. In fact, um, he was doing some recruiting for the Trojans. So, you know, it has been a big turnaround. Let's see if Ohio State finishes off the deal now, and and, and they well could. Yeah, I, it's, all signs are definitely uh, pointing <laughs> toward that happening, as you know better than anybody. Um, okay, Omar wants to know, Did uh, you kind of touched on this, I believe. Did Jaden Davis show up? Uh, Jaden Davis, of course, is the uh, other elite quarterback from South Carolina, and uh, uh, I did not actually physically see him today, uh, so I'll be checking on that shortly. Um, you know, again, I just uh, just got back myself uh, from the spring game, so I haven't you know had a chance really to sit down and and do a whole lot. But I I actually did not physically see him today, uh, so I need to confirm that that he absolutely made it in. We have, we'll get back to recruiting in a second, but uh, the good people here stepping up. Uh, we have a, uh, we we're wondering what was going on with Julian Fleming, hoping it was just something minor. And Steven says Fleming was out due to another injury. Ryan Day's press conference is going on right now. Um, I can just, as I said, I can hear him talking, but I can't hear what I'm saying. So thank you for that. Let's hope it's nothing serious. 
All right, a couple questions, Bill, about O-line recruiting. One from Derek, did any o, any new O-line recruit show up? And then one from David, kind of the same thing. Not the same thing, but another O-line recruiting question. How is the O-line recruiting going specifically at tackle? Tackle both those questions, if you would, please, Bill. Well, we I mentioned one that did show up, Austin Searvelt, and he is a really good prospect. He's, he's going to end up at Ohio State or Notre Dame. Uh, the other school in his final three is Alabama, but um, – uh, something will have to change dramatically for him to end up there, in my opinion. Uh, but it's a good sign. He was there with his parents today. Um, and he actually is being recruited as more of an interior lineman, uh, most likely a guard, but a guard center guy, uh, even though he has played tackle as well. But, um, uh, you know, I tend to like Ohio State's chances with him over Notre Dame. Uh, and another guy that uh, is at the game, has been at the game, in fact, you don't see a five-day, uh, four or five-day unofficial visit too often, but Ian Reed from Austin, Texas, is doing just that. Uh, he is here in Columbus with his dad, arrived on Tuesday night, has been here uh, since he started the visit on Wednesday, was at the spring game today, and he's a guy Ohio State quickly offered a scholarship once he got on campus on Wednesday, and he's somebody to keep in mind. He's got Ohio ties. He's got family up in the Toledo area, and he's he's somebody to keep an eye on. All right, uh, a couple more questions, my friend, and we'll get you out of here. Um, more of a statement than a question, but you can answer this. Uh, Dean, I heard wide receiver Carnell Tate is trending to Tennessee, says Keldricks. Your thoughts on that? Uh, my thoughts are that, you know, that's out there, but I don't necessarily buy it, to be honest. I think Ohio State's still the school to beat. Um you know, he did make an official visit to Tennessee last weekend. And, um, you know, I think what's going to be important for him, one of the things I should say that's going to be important for him is the NIL. And that's the way with a lot of players. In fact, probably most of the players, they want to know about that. And um, uh, Ohio State really is emphasizing to him that, you know, NIL-wise, if you come to Ohio State, you may not uh, get some fantastic, spectacular deal of a quarter million or a half million dollars right away, but you're going to more than make up with it because you're going to get that deal once you produce on the field, and he's going to produce on the field wherever he goes. And then you become a first-round choice like uh, Alave is going to be, like Garrett Wilson is going to be. Then you're really going to make up, and you're going to come out even better. So I still tend to like Ohio State's chances with Carnell Tate. This coming from Steve Hellwagon regarding Julian Fleming. More information. Ryan Day said Julian Fleming was just out with a precaution. Not a serious injury, just day-to-day precautionary. So uh, sounds like nothing to worry about with Julian Fleming, my friends. All right, Bill, we have a uh, another basically a comment. But Kyle says, I hope we get Brandon Ennis. Should, <laughs> should Kyle feel good about that? Yeah, Kyle, he's not alone in hoping that I think it's Brandon right. Ennis. Believe me, uh, Buckeye Nation would join in with him on that one. Um, that one I do feel is trending Ohio State's way a bit. Uh, that was USC, and uh, he visited Ohio State the weekend of April 1st to 3rd, and it went extremely well. I, I, I have talked since then with him in person, and I think Ohio State at least, at a minimum, pulled even with USC with that visit, and I might well give Ohio State the slight edge, but that one's not going to be decided soon. He's going to go through the process, and he's going to take his visits and and do all the things all the way through the process before he makes his decision. I like all these questions. Here's one that I especially like from Land22Shark. 
Bill and I can both tackle this one. Do you think Ohio State will search in the portal for an offensive lineman? Bill, all this talk about, uh, you know, biggest concern on the team is depth on the offensive line. And that's not coming from me or you. That's coming from Ryan Day himself. I would say they will at least look. They don't leave any stone unturned, as you know. Mark Pantone and his staff, Ryan Day. I'm not saying they'll land one. The question is, do we think they'll look for one? I would say yes. What do you think? I would agree. You know, they like you said, Dave, they're going to look. They're going to uh, explore every avenue when it comes to recruiting. You know, if they need to go get a kicker in Europe, they'll get a kicker or a punter in Europe if they need to. Um, uh, Jesse Mirko comes to mind that uh, he's from Australia. So, you know, Ryan Pretorius yeah, from South Africa. Yeah, they're, yeah. They, they don't mess yeah, around. You know, they're going to go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, Hero Canoe uh, from Germany coming right. in. He's v- via California, but he's from Germany. Uh, so, so they're going to look at the portal, uh, and if they can find somebody that they feel is good enough, yeah, they'll, they'll take a strong look at it. But one thing, people are asking me a lot about kids coming in in the portal. Right now, Ohio State is over the scholarship limit. You know, they need to get down. Yeah, they, they're over by one. They need to get down rather than get up, so to speak. So they've got to make sure that somebody that they put on scholarship is somebody they really want. We'll get you out of here on this one. There are other ones, but I've already kept you longer than I expected. Uh, And you can add anything that I forgot to add if you want. But we'll get you out of this on final question. This comes from David Ward. I wonder if he's uh, related to the great Denzel Ward. David Ward, (laughs) for your Cleveland Browns, Bill, by the Denzel Ward, I saw that he was ranked as the number one corner in the entire NFL by Pro Football Focus this past year. Wow. corner in football. Probably helped that he had a 100-yard touchdown return for an interception against my Bengals but I digress. Um, <laughs> I, I like this question from David. Bill, how is defensive back recruiting going for the Buckeyes now that Kerry Combs is no longer around? I think it's going well. I think uh, uh, Tim Walton, the cornerbacks coach, is doing an excellent job. Perry Eliano is doing a very good job, the safeties coach. Uh, they just recently uh, got a commitment from Malik Hartford, who is an outstanding safety prospect. They already have Cedric Hawkins at safety as a commitment. So that gives them two. They want to get three, and they are very seriously in the thick of things for Caleb Downs, who is the number one, as good as any corner, as good as any cornerback uh, uh, prospect in the country. Um, you, you know, you look also at some of the other corners. Kalen Lee uh, is certainly a, a great prospect that I've crystal balled Ohio State. And I think I said Downs, cornerback. He's actually a safety. Sorry about that. He is as good as any safety prospect in the country. Uh, so if they can get uh, Downs or jo- Joel Aguero from IMG is another one that they're really going hard after safety. And there's a couple others. Uh, Justin Fagan uh, from Florida is another prospect they're very interested in. They just need one more safety to add to the two they've got at corner. Like I said, you know, they've, they're making a lot of progress with Kay and Lee, and I, I like the chances of getting him. So I think it's going very well overall the defensive back recruiting. Anything I left out that you want to hit before we let you go, my friend? Well, I would say stay tuned to Bucknuts this weekend. Uh, We're going to have all kinds of reactions from players, all these top recruits at the game today. And uh, we'll feature articles on a lot of them. And, you know, uh, there were just some great, great prospects. I don't remember uh, when we started this, if I remember, if I mentioned Damon, Wilson, the defensive end from Florida, that showed up, and uh, it, it's a it's a big weekend recruiting wise, and we'll have all kinds of coverage. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, you jumped on, like I said, like ten seconds after I texted you. You are the man. 
Uh, thank you to Bill Curlick. Thank you for your knowledge. As he said, keep it locked to Bucknuts. He will have wall-to-wall -wall coverage all weekend. He's the best in the business. He's the dean. He's Bill Curlick. Thank you so much, Bill. Okay, take care, guys. All right, now you guys are stuck with me again. Sorry about that. But at least we had Bill on, um, you know, to class up the show a little bit. And now we'll see if Steve Hellwagon and Patrick Murphy jump by. Brian Day's press conference has ended, and now the, they're interviewing players, I am sure. So um, let's get back to some questions here, man. We had a lot of questions. I'm sorry if we're not going to get to all of them. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. You guys are going at it with the Notre Dame fan. The Notre Dame fan who drops by Michael, in his in fairness to him, uh, he's a loyal listener. I don't know why. Apparently, apparently Ohio State's playing Notre Dame this year. I don't know. I mean, Ohio State's not really paying much attention to that. They always dominate Notre Dame. Um, but I see you guys going back and forth with Michael having a little fun. So this is this is great stuff. Um, I've said he loves the show. Been watching you since I was in high school. Dave, go Bucks. Well, you know, thanks for making me feel old. Okay, my my beard does that um, on its own, but I appreciate I appreciate the kind words there, David. Back to David. Can we get some answers at the CBDB unit? Um, yeah, we talked about this both in terms of recruiting and the team itself. I'll start with I'll go with the team itself, since you heard from the dean on recruiting. I like the secondary. Ronnie Hickman's going to be the free safety. You might think of him as more of an in the box safety. They're using him as the free safety, the adjuster. Jim Knowles loves him. Um, and, you know, Josh Proctor was out there. He'll be the starting boundary. Uh, Court Williams is going to play a lot of that same position. That's the strong safety. Boundary, bandit, strong safety, all the same thing. Uh, it's just what it sounds like. You have to be a safety that can come up and help in the run big time. And Josh Proctor and Court Williams are going to be able to do that. So those guys are the boundary safeties. Like I said, Ronnie Hickman, free safety. And then slot safety. Uh, Tanner McAllister is your starter there. And then Cam Martinez is also playing there. At corner, I like this group of corners, my friends, a lot, a lot. Denzel Burke, um, we saw what he did as a true freshman. His only bad game was the Michigan game. He was out there playing on one arm. He, he got hurt big time in that Michigan State game the week before, and that really affected what he could do against Michigan. He was out there in a sling, couldn't really tackle. Denzel Burke, other than that, was phenomenal. As a true freshman, he'll make a jump. He'll get better as a sophomore. We saw it out there today. Made a hell of a play right there to break up a touchdown from Stroud to Marvin Harrison and to break up a pass when Marvin Harrison is at full, you know, extension, that's, that is tough sledding and Denzel Burke pulled it off. Cam Brown coming back as a fifth year senior. I think he's going to be solid. Jordan Hancock is a player in the rises we keep talking about. And then that number four corner is going to be JK Johnson. Um, and I think the number five corner is going to be Jair Brown, a true freshman. I think we're not talking about him enough. He's not like, you know, getting, and rightfully so, not getting as much hype as like Jordan Hancock, Kai Stokes, but Jair Brown for a true freshman, I thought looked really good. Um, <laughs> David Ward says uh, he wishes he was related to Denzel Ward. Yeah, I, not, I bet, man. He, he's already a multimillionaire and he's about to become even more of one. Uh, I remember when the, I'm a Bengal fan saying this. I remember when the Browns drafted him at number four, people were all like, oh, I should have drafted Chubb for the, who went to the Broncos instead. Not Nick Chubb, Bradley Chubb. Uh, how's that looking now? And Chubb's good, but. Denzel, Denzel Ward, number one corner in football this past year. So love seeing former Buckeyes do well, even when they do well against my Bengals. Um, so let's go some more. So I really like it. I really like the, the secondary. Kai Stokes, another guy, of course. He's going to be on the two deep, um, at, in my opinion. They'll find – and he'll play. He won't redshirt. I don't think he'll be a starter unless they have injuries, but Kai Stokes will play. Kai Stokes is probably a big reason that, um, that uh, Bryson Shaw transferred. I don't think Bryson Shaw transferred because of like Josh Proctor, you know, or Ronnie Hickman, those guys. He sees a true freshman coming in and, you know, Bryson Shaw was entering his fourth year. 
entering his fourth year, and he sees a true freshman coming and passing him up. Uh, he's like, ah, I might want to go somewhere else where I can actually play. We wish him well. Good kid. But it is what it is at this level. Um, you're going to get recruited over. And, you know, credit to Kai Stokes for coming in and, and being ready to roll. I love it. Um, you know, I've seen some comments about Caden Curry. I thought Caden Curry looked good out there today. You know, I mean, he, he almost got a sack a couple times. Might have even gotten credited with a sack. Um, 92. He looks like it's not just the number 92. He looks like a young Matt Finkus to me. He's got a lot of that Matt Finkus to him. Looks a lot like Matt Finkus at the same age. Um, and Finkus played a lot as a true freshman, as a backup, and then, of course, was a three-year starter at finkus Brable, um, uh, fickle uh, combination there. Um, pretty fun thinking back to that. That's when I began to show my age. That's back when I was a, a student at Ohio State. Now, those guys were older than me, but I still – I was a student at Ohio State during that era, so they weren't much older than me, but they were older than me. Um, so, yeah, I thought I, – I think that Caden Curry looks good out there, 92. And, you know, when Knowles was talking about the Leo position – and was mentioning, you know, Jack Sawyer and Mitchell Melton. He did say Caden Curry's getting reps there now. So hopefully the injury to Mitchell Melton is not serious. But if it is, Caden Curry might be a guy that backs up Jack Sawyer there. And again, I don't think they're maybe going to use the Leo as much as we thought. They're definitely going to use it. It's a big part of Jim Knowles' defense. But, um, man, when you got JT Tuimoloau, obviously Jack Sawyer can play the Leo, but, you know, he also can play that, put a hand on the ground. Um because when you're playing the Leo, you're, you're standing up, you know, you're you're a hybrid outside linebacker defensive end at that point. Jack Sawyer can do that, and he can be just a traditional D-end, putting his hand on the ground. Tuimo Lowell is a D-end all the way. Uh, I think he can – he'll even slide inside in the Rushman package, play some three-tech. So they'll do some traditional 4-3. Reed Carrico will be out there as that number one Sam, um, you know, when they go with three linebackers. And I thought um, – it's tough to tell. I mean, when the starters were out there, they really weren't tackling much, but – I like what I'm hearing about Tommy Eichenberg from the coaches. Again, a, ga a game like today, it's tough to tell. Now, Tommy was tackling some, but um, Steel Chambers, those are the top two linebackers right now. Cody Simon's been banged up. C.J. Hicks is getting some first-team reps today. It was with the second team. He's a guy that's going to play. Reed Carrico, you know, we'll see. I mean, E.A. Natiote, he's a guy that, you know, I think he's going to back up Reed Carrico at that Sam. Um, Taraja Mitchell is out there a lot. They got a lot of guys. They got a lot of guys. That, and Jim Knowles isn't just the defensive coordinator. Uh, he, of course, is the uh, linebackers coach as well. Um, I'm going to see. Now, they probably won't be here for a while. I'm going to see if Steve and Pat plan on joining us to fill in anything. Um, let's see here. Give me just a second, my friends. I know, right? Live podcasting. They know where I'm at. They can just come down anyway, but I thought I'd bug them and text them. Um, all right, with some more questions and comments here. Let's see. Joel said, or excuse me. Rick says Gabe Powers looked good. Man, I tell you what, what it's been since Chris Spielman. We've had a, a linebacker wear the number 36 and ball out. That'd be great if fine. I thought as a little kid, that's going to be a tradition. Like I was a little kid, like, you know, Keith Byers and Chris Spielman, those guys are my favorite players. And um, I'm thinking, man, every good linebacker that comes through here is going to be wearing 36 from now on. It's going to be a tradition. We haven't had one since, I don't think, unless I'm missing somebody. So uh, hopefully Gabe Powers can uh, – Start that tradition. A young guy, another young buck that came, that came in, should still be in high school, and is looking good out there. Gabe Powers is a little uh, more slender than I think we all thought. His recruiting profile had him listed as 230 pounds. He came in at 213 pounds soaking wet uh, when he reported in January. But, you know, he, he's in that Mick program. He's probably already added about 10 pounds at least. So uh, let's see. Let's get to your – let's see. What's with G. Scott? I'll tell you what, that was a good day for G. Scott. I think his stock is on the rise. Um, I think his stock is on the rise. So that was good to see him out there. And not, again, not just his ability to catch the ball. We knew he could do that. 
blocking. If he can be a decent blocker, they're not asking him to be out there like he's Luke Farrell or, you know, some great tight end blocker, um, you know, but if he can be a serviceable or better blocker, which I think he can be, he's a physical kid. It's not just that, you know, he looks big. He's, he plays on special teams. He's not afraid to get his, his nose in there. And that's what it's all about. It's about toughness. He's going to add the strength. And I think he can be a serviceable blocker. So we'll see. I think he is going to add a lot of, you know, good depth and talent to that tight end room. And they need it. Notre Dame is going to get blasted. I don't know if it'll be a blowout, but I don't think it's going to go well for them. I really don't. I love Marcus Freeman. That's a tough way to begin his career. I guess he began his career against Oklahoma State. So, um, but that's a tough way to begin your career right there. He might start his career 0 and 2. Yeah, I mean, this is a good point. You can't just, I was kind of joking around. I said earlier in my lifetime, Ohio State's 4 0 against Notre Dame, and they, each game hasn't been close. 95, 96, 2005 Fiesta Bowl, 2015 Fiesta Bowl, all four of those games. I mean, Buckeyes handed it to them. None of them were like super blowouts. I think 95 was like 45, 26, but none of them were close. So I think it's going to be similar. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think Ohio State's going to win comfortably is my early prediction on that one. But, yeah, I mean, as Kerry says, we always used to dominate Oregon as well. How'd that go? I'm going to blame that on a defense that had no idea what it was doing last year. It was completely discombobulated. And good luck to anybody. I know you're, you're not saying this, Casey, but good luck to anybody who thinks Ohio State's defense this year is going to look anything like what they saw last year. People are like, oh, yeah, how much are they going to improve? We'll see. I think they're going to improve a lot. They were 59th in the country last year in total defense. I'll be shocked if they're not top 40, and it's against a tough schedule. So top 40 would actually be pretty good. I think they can get to top 30. And if they do, look out because this offense will be the best in the country always. Um, let's see. You guys always dominate Michigan too. That's correct. That's correct, Skeet Davidson. And Michigan did get their one aberration. And then, you know, we're going to get back to regularly scheduled programming this fall. Michigan did come here two years ago, which was disappointing to everybody except for Michigan fans. So, yeah, Michigan got their one win um, each decade. And now – they get to come to the horseshoe this fall, and I can't wait for that. Um, Michigan fans, you should probably go see a movie that day. All right, thoughts about Hancock today. We've talked a lot about this, Randy, um, but I, I don't mind talking more about it. Everybody, some, some people are just joining us. All good. Uh, I could talk about Jordan Hancock all day. This kid is going to be, at worst, the number three corner, and he will push for a starting job. I think it might be kind of irrelevant. Um, I think Denzel Burke's going to be the number one, and maybe Cam Brown and, um, you know, Jordan Hancock might kind of rotate. All three of those guys are going to play a lot, though. Sometimes Denzel Burke's even going to get a rest. We'll have Cam Brown out there, you know, uh, with Jordan Hancock. I think J.K. Johnson's a guy that's going to play. As I mentioned earlier, if they need a fifth corner, which I don't think they're going to need him a lot, but if they do, Jair Brown's a name to keep in mind. Jair Brown is a name to keep in mind. Um, let's see here. What else we got here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Denzel Ward's cousin. No, I'm kidding. Uh, checks in again. David Ward is not – related to Denzel Ward, as we have learned. David loves Ronnie Hickman. David, you know who's somebody else who loves Ronnie Hickman? Jim Knowles. <laughs> Listen, to this. Like if you're a player and, and your coach, let's say you're a safety and your coach says something like, your defensive coordinator is like, oh, I love that guy. He has everything I want in a safety. That's exactly what, what Jim Knowles said about Ronnie Hickman. I love Ronnie Hickman. He has everything I want in a safety. Like if you're a player and your coach says that, you're just like, that's right. That's, Yeah. That's exactly right. None of my coaches ever said that to me, uh, regardless of the sport. Uh, shocking to all of you, I'm sure. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Ronnie Hickman led the team in tackles last year. You know, but we all know tackles can be a misleading stat sometimes. You know, a guy breaks through and 
runs you over and you know he trips up you kind of trip him up even though he trucks you and you get credited with the tackle and it's like okay great um but ronnie hickman led the team by a wide margin in tackles last year and i think he's going to be a, more of a sure tackler this year with the rugby style tackling and not going for big hits um and you know i think jim Knowles is going to do a better job of making sure this is a gang tackling team and a sound tackling team and the biggest thing about jim Knowles, i think you guys are going to love is he is a master of disguise you know that's what you hear about him the most and you know he's going to line up showing like he's going to be like in too deep and all of a sudden he goes to like man coverage you know he's going to or you know shows up like he's going to blitz from the outside you know and then those guys back off you know maybe somebody comes up the middle for a blitz all kinds of things i mean there's a million different things he's going to do but the point is the offense is not going to know pre-snap what's going to happen last year i mean ohio state might have well hold up like a, a sign from like the they should have just held up like a big sign, like, okay, we're going to run this defense on this play. And Oregon's like, we already know. You don't need to tell us. We're, we already know. Defense was just completely awful last year. And I don't think it was on the players. I think it was on the scheme. And I think Knowles is going to get that fixed. Are they going to be a great defense this year? I'm not going to go that far. I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be a good defense, which is light years better than what they were last year. <laughs> no one would confuse last year's defense with anything um relating to be good let's see what we got here neil dl db are deep and are playing with attitude i agree with that okay will ohio state versus notre dame be a night game no i think you should get ready for the big noon kickoff if i had to pick if i had to guess i mean not if i had to pick maybe if i had to pick tell you what i know you guys don't like this but journalism guys beat guys and gals who cover the team we don't like night games we don't like night games because we're, you know, work until then like three in the morning. Um, but while y'all are sleeping, we're still working. So we like the, we kind of like the noon kicks. I know. I, I'm happy for you guys when we get night games, but I, I personally don't like them. But I would get ready. I would get ready for, um, I would get ready for a noon game if I had to guess for Ohio State, Notre Dame. And maybe Urban Meyer will be back in the saddle on the pregame show, which would make watching pregame shows for me um, actually watchable again. I cannot watch college game day. You would literally have to pay me, and I don't mean like a little bit. You have to pay me a lot to sit down and watch a full episode of College Game Day. Like a lot. Like you have to pay me like, I don't know. I'm not going to put a number on it, but, you know, I might need to get a car out of it if I had to watch all three hours of that show. And the and big noon kickoff on, on Fox is only an hour. So, anyway. Um, at least you guys know what you're doing after the games this year. You're watching Buck Nuts, What We Learned, live. Okay. Recruiting question from Christopher. Is Ohio State changing the type of linebacker that they recruit – and how do I feel that they played today? You know, I don't know if they're changing the type of linebacker that they recruit. They've always kind of gone, the new age football is, you know, take a guy like C.J. Hicks. It wouldn't matter what they were doing. Five-star linebacker in Ohio, they're recruiting that kid. Um, they've kind of, they've wanted versatile guys, you know. And even a guy like Tommy Eichenberg, who's a true Mike, Jim Knowles likes him a lot. You know, Ryan Day was talking him up. You know, when I asked Ryan Day, guys that are stepping up, he, of course, you know, gave the, the uh, he grinned and said, of course, coaches love questions like that. Because as he said, you know, you know, I'm going to leave some guys out and they're going to be mad at me. Um, but uh, yeah, he did mention Tommy Eichenberg's a guy that's having a great spring. So, you know, when the head coach says that, um, you know, Jim Knowles has talked up Tommy Eichenberg. You know, I think uh, Steel Chambers is a guy that's going to have a big year. Um, and those are guys that, you know, are all different types of linebackers, you know. So I don't, I don't think they, and I know you're talking about recruiting going forward. I'll believe it when I see it. I think still that Mark Pantone runs the show there. He's going to go after who he thinks is the best linebackers. And, I don't necessarily think Jim Knowles has – maybe he does. He's the head coach of the defense. I don't know if he has veto power if, if Mark Pantone says, I want this guy. I think Ryan Day would side with, with Pantone on that. Just my opinion. Just my opinion. Maybe we'll have Mark Pantone on the podcast sometime to ask him. No, he probably wouldn't do it. 
worth asking though. Um, good questions. I love these questions. Oh, somebody is hearing prime time versus Notre Dame. Okay, well, that'd be good for you guys. Bad for me. I'll be doing the show in the middle of the night. It's all right. It's good. We'll, we'll, but we'll be doing it after an Ohio State win, so it's cool. Um, there we go. You wonder if Cam Martinez is getting buried. No, they like him. Um, I'll tell you what, you always can tell when they have position groups that they bring out for interviews after practice, like we had during spring, they bring out certain position groups, right? And when they bring out certain guys, that means the coaches are saying, this guy is in the plans. I mean, I've been on the beat for a long time. It, it's almost fail safe. It's just, if certain guys come out, they're in the plans. And if certain guys consistently don't come out, you know, they're not in the plans. Cam Martinez came out to talk to us for a while. Coaches talk him up. Is he going to be a starter? No, but he's going to be a solid part of that two deep. Uh, third year sophomore, former quarterback, player of the year in the state of Michigan as a quarterback. I was asking him, man, how much does your time as a quarterback help you as now as a safety? He says a lot, you know, you just, you know what the quarterback's thinking. Yeah, it was high school, you know, a little, a little bit different, uh, you know, being a running quarterback in high school as opposed to, you know, what he's dealing with facing, you know, top-notch quarterbacks who are throwing the ball over the place. But still, it helps him. They like him. He's a tough guy. He's fast, physical, not that big. But we know, being Ohio State people, we don't care how big the defensive back is, right? Antoine Winfield, right? Mike Doss, right? Dante Whitner, on and on. Denzel Ward, even though he was, wasn't was short, but he was thin. Didn't hit like he was thin. Um, my God, that Maryland guy that, gosh, what was his name? Tora, gosh. Jacobs, Jacobs from Maryland that he just completely destroyed. They initially called it targeting and it turned out it was just a perfect tackle. So I don't care how big the guy is, you know, Cam Martinez. Yeah. He's small for a safety, but um, Hey, he packs a punch again. He's not going to be a starter because they like Proctor and they like Hickman and they like McAllister as the three starting safeties. Okay. Those are going to be your starters. Court Williams is going to play a lot. You know, I think Kai Stokes is going to back up Ronnie Hickman back there um, at free safety. Andre Turrentine was also getting a lot of playing time today. Um, kind of rotating with Stokes. He's another guy in the mix. Guy that'll be a redshirt freshman. Can't forget about Jansen Dunn. They really liked him last year. He's a true freshman. He got hurt, missed the rest of the season, missed spring. He'll be in the mix. I like the depth there at safety. So a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff here. All right. Uh, yeah, there's another one. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. Rick, Rick Greenberg is reacting to what I said about uh, comparing Caden Curry to Matt Finkus. I don't know, man. Matt Finkus had a hell of a motor. Matt Finkus was a great wrestler. Like, and I love football players with wrestling backgrounds. Like it just, to me, that's, that's great stuff right there. I just love, I love football players with wrestling backgrounds and uh, Matt Finkus got after it, man. I, I don't, I think he, I think he had a pretty good, you can't be a great wrestler, and not have a good motor. Matt Finkus was a really good high school wrestler at Piqua. And um, probably could have wrestled here at Ohio State. Luke Fickle was better. I mean, Luke Fickle definitely could have wrestled here at Ohio State and probably could have been a, I don't know, national champion. I'm not a wrestling expert, but I know enough about it. He would have been a good college wrestler at the very least. I just love linemen um, and football players in general who are ex-wrestlers. I say this as a former basketball player, but, you know, if I, I, I say this all the time. If you're a football player and you don't play a winter sport, now if you're already playing a winter sport, play that winter sport. If you're a football player and you don't play a winter sport, you should wrestle. It'll teach you so many things, discipline, you know, leverage, on and on and on. I mean, there's such a laundry list of guys that, that credit, that, you know, they're, you know, doing great in football to their wrestling background. So I would encourage any parents out there, any kids out there, if you have a son who football player doesn't play a winter sport, have him wrestle. If you're an athlete out there, you think, oh, I don't really want to wrestle. Listen, you might not have a great wrestling season if you've never wrestled before. It'll help you as a football player. I guarantee you that. Or your uh, your money is free next time on the uh, 
the live podcast here. Okay, it's free anyway. Um, da, 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 da. Cheryl checking in. A true freshman, Curry, always running with the motor. Saw he lost his black stripe. Look at you guys. You guys came to get along about Caden Curry. No, I'm kidding. No, everybody's everybody's got their different opinions. Yeah, I thought Caden Curry had a. Uh, I thought, oh no, you're agreeing with him. You're agreeing with him that Caden Curry has a big motor. Yeah, I I agree. Caden Curry has a great motor. I'm just saying, I think Matt Matt Finkus did too. Okay, we don't need to talk about the 90 90s Buckeyes anymore. I know, showing my age there. Uh, any thoughts on who will be the backup quarterback? Yeah, Yakov. Uh, any thoughts on who's going to be the backup quarterback? I still think it's going to be Kyle McCord. I'll, I'll be surprised if it's not. And hopefully they don't need the backup quarterbacks this year for anything other than mop-up time. Um, let's go. Um, you know, so I think – but it's a close battle. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. I mean, Devin Brown looks good. But, you know, you put a gun to my head right now. First of all, I'd be pretty upset if you put a gun to my head. Like, I wouldn't like you anymore. But if you did and I had an answer, I would say Kyle McCord will be your backup quarterback. Devin Brown will be number three. And uh, they're going to get Devin Brown playing time. I have no doubt about that. Um all right, we got Terrell Owens checking in. T.O., Biddle is the man. Keep it up. Hey, I, where do I send the money for that? That's that's a nice comment there. Terrell Owens checking in on the podcast. You got to love that. I, could be a different T.O. You never know. You never know. Let's see. The stronger the D-line, the stronger the secondary and the backers will be. Uh, truer words have never been spoken, David. You give me a great defensive line, that's going to make your backers and your defensive backs look a lot better. Um, backers are going to be clean. They can make tackles in the running game. They can blitz up the middle. They can blitz from the side. You get pressure on the quarterback from the D line. That's going to make the job on the secondary easier. They're going to get picks. So, um, you know, and Jim Knowles is aggressive. You talk to these defensive players, you ask them, would you say that this defense is more aggressive than last year? They kind of almost laugh at you. That's why that's how I talk when I ask questions. And I was, it's kind of mimicking some of my other brethren on the beat there. Um, but seriously, when they're asked these questions, like, is the defense more, more aggressive than last year? They're like, almost like it's the funniest joke in the world. They're like, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not just more aggressive. They're mixing things up a lot more. I think, again, I think that's the thing that you guys are going to like the most. Will you guys go out to dinner after you finish up? Are you buying? Are you going to Hyde Park? Um, well, I mean, Hyde Park and Yakov is buying steak. So that's going to be cool. Steve Hellwagon is in the house. Having my second guest here on the live show. This guy... My friend Yakov is asking if we're going to go out to dinner after we finish up. I think he's offering, Steve, to buy us. I think he's offering to buy us Hyde Park. What do you think? What do you think? I'm scarfing around. Okay, so one more. A hot dog. <laughs> Good for you, man. I mean, I, I, I had the worst. And I liked Donato's pizza. I was so hungry. I had the worst Donato's pizza ever that you could imagine. So I was so freaking hungry. I hadn't eaten anything. Um, yeah, Sawyer has beefed up big time. I was talking with Jack about this because he's added a lot of weight. I'm like, from what to what? He goes, well. When I enrolled last year, I was at 230 pounds, and now I'm 265. So in a little more than wow. a year, in a little more than a year, good old Jack Sawyer has um, added – you want to sit down? No, no, I want to sit up my computer. Okay, cool. Um, I'm standing up, which I shouldn't do because my uh, I have the back of a uh, of an old man, and I am an old man. Old. So, well, yeah. You have the back of a 45-year-old man. It's all that tennis that. on uh, the hardcore. It is the tennis. It is the tennis. I, I, I need to – I can't stop the tennis. So, okay, yeah. He beefed up. All right, here we go. All right. Um, Steve, we'll start with you on this question. Cody wants to know overall thought. And then we're going to get your thoughts from the press conference just now, but answer this question. What are your thoughts on the defense that you saw today? I think you have to like a lot of what you saw. It was very basic what they did on defense. Yes, the offense did move the ball up and down the field. Uh, they ran about 120 plays at 585 yards. So they averaged around four or five yards a play, which – 
you know, good, bad, you know, it's Ohio State versus Ohio State. So how do you get, you know, too upset when you see an Ohio State player making a play on another Ohio State player? Uh, I just think that uh, they got to do a little bit better on takeaways. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of uh, interceptions and uh, fumbles. Got to create fumbles, got to create turnovers a little bit better. So uh, those are a couple of things that I thought, Dave. I thought the pass rush was good at times. I think uh, Tua Malau, obviously, and uh, Sawyer are going to be frontline players this year. JTT looks like a B. I know he's not yeah. really JTT. But and, anyway, and JTT Noah, looks like a B. And here's Noah Potter, who obviously his career has been kind of an injury-plagued mess. And now uh, he had a couple sacks today, and we'll see if he can parlay that into a role uh, when they get into the fall, but I, I I liked a lot of what I saw there today. Look at this! Big look look at too. this! Now we're getting Patrick Murphy in here. All right, you boys, go ahead, Pat. Right, let, let's okay, Pat, get, get on get on in here, Pat. All right, so I didn't hear any of the press conference. We did hear Steve texted me. We actually had one of our. Everybody was asking about Julian Fleming. We did have one of our, um, one of our actual like viewers say like Fleming was out because of injury. What more can you tell us about that? It sounds like you know Steve texted me. It's day-to-day just precautionary what's up with julian fleming yeah that's what it sounds like ryan day said they were he'd been day-to-day as you said dave and and they were being cautious with him obviously a guy who's battled injuries throughout his whole career here at ohio state you want him healthy for the fall you know what he can do he's a talented player he's shown it in practice maybe fans haven't seen it as much but he's a guy that i think if, if you have him healthy you feel good about it and if he's dealing with little things here and there no reason to throw him out here and, and risk him getting hurt further it's been two years, and, and he's battled injuries the entire time. So I think that's probably a smart play there. All right, recap the press conference for me. I know that's a, a broad thing, but what are some things that uh, the viewers and listeners need to know from Ryan Day's press conference and from the players? Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of talk about the defense and a lot of positivity. Coach Knowles, Coach Day both talked about how they're really excited about what, what this defense has shown this spring. Uh, you know, Ryan Day said – or Coach Knowles said that his – installation of the defense was was quicker than he thought that these guys really want to learn that, that they take things in really well and and are eager to to get this done that they showed us that they want to change in culture and i think you can obviously understand why given the past two seasons and how last year ended with uh, not making the big 10 championship not making the playoff mostly because of the defense ryan day said he was he was very happy with the physicality that they showed today on the defensive side, which I think you saw it's a spring game. They weren't, they weren't hitting as hard as, as they might, if it's a, another opponent on the other side of the, the ball, but you still saw some of that. And toughness was a word that came up a lot. Ryan day was asked about maybe at times last year, were they not tough enough? And, and he agreed. He said, you know, some games he felt like they really were, but watching the film, some days they weren't. And at Ohio state, you have to bring it every day. And, and he used an example, cover your ears here, Dave. He used the example of the, the Rams this year, and that uh, jumping off of this. Oh God. Okay, Dave, no. Dave's I'm, I'm actually, you know, what's weird about the, the Super Bowl is like, it, feel, it almost feels like, I don't This is a weird way to say it. Almost. It was just great getting to the Super Bowl. I'll put it that way. It was the Bengals. I still, the Bengals getting to the Super Bowl was just so freaking awesome. Yeah, we could talk to Zach like, Taylor. We talked to him yesterday. I used, to, I used to not like Zach Taylor. Now he's my best friend. We yeah. hang out all the time. But Dave, coach Dave's point was <laughs> that in the NFL, you can, you can have some bad games. The Rams had a three game losing streak at one point during the season. You can't do that at Ohio State. That the standard is you win all your games, and if you don't, you end up like last year. And he thinks that that toughness is coming consistently with the guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So there was a lot of that. Uh, CJ Stroud talked about his decision to kind of honor Dwayne Haskins wearing his nameplate. Um, obviously, they both wore number seven. Dwayne used to. CJ does, 
and uh, just how Dwayne paved the way for him, you know, and, and I wrote about it a week or so ago that this offense wasn't, isn't this offense. If you don't have Dwayne Haskins to kind of show urban Meyer and, and allow Ryan day to kind of turn things from the Braxton Miller, the JT Barrett, you saw it a little bit with Cardell Jones, but even he ran some, it was, you know, Dwayne was a true pocket passer. And once they made the decision on him, Joe Burrow goes to LSU, you have to, play the way that that Dwayne can play. And you saw what he did that year that attracted attention of a guy like Justin Fields, CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud said he watched Dwayne Haskins elite 11 film while he was in high school. Um, so, you know, he, he didn't know Dwayne super well, obviously he knew him from recruiting and, and when Dwayne was back at Ohio state, but he was so familiar with Dwayne's game and, and it influenced his game a lot. And so he wanted to, uh, you know, he said, he wanted to make sure his the last time that jersey was worn at Ohio Stadium, it went out with a with a good performance, and obviously CJ performed well. So those are the main points that we took from the press conference. Um, we'll obviously have plenty of more on the site in the next few days. Steve's currently posting the Ryan Day video for people that want to watch that, but I think we hit on on most of the main points there. A lot of people. I won't keep you too long. I got no, work to do. Um, a lot of people talking about Emeka Aguka. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I know he had the one deep ball that. I mean. Obviously, in the press box, it looks like, oh, that's a ball that should have been caught. That was one ball that was a deep ball. I agree, man. He's electric. I, I thought he was great as a return man last year. I think he's going to take his game to the next level as a return man. And then he's going to be a huge part of, of the offense as a wide receiver. I agree with our viewers and listeners. I think Mecca Guka really had a great day today. It looks great. Yeah, and what I was interested in, I thought he's a guy who was going to just line up in the slot. They'd move Jackson Smith and Jigbout wide. He lined up a lot outside today. He looks, I mean, it looks like Chris Olave. He's wearing that number two now. And <laughs> yeah. on more than one occasion, we'll just, yeah, just more than one occasion, my brain was like, Chris, no, that's, that's Mecca Buka. <laughs> so that's another first round ride receiver, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm right? all confused. Um, so I'll be interested to see if that was something they were just doing today or if they're going to use him more that way. Cause I've said a few times this spring that, you know, I think Marvin Harrison, I think we did it on the BM five one day. Marvin Harrison probably has, more production this year just because I thought he would get more on the field with with Jackson still playing the slot some but maybe that just was with Julian Fleming out maybe that'll change come the fall but I really liked what I saw from him you know he's not just a slot speedy receiver he's a guy who can can run routes on the outside and that's a positive if you can move all these guys around like Ohio State likes to do Sue's lying to me she says I'm a young and I like it I like it when you lie to me Sue I'll take it I'll take it um let's see some other stuff here yeah I mean man JTT is an absolute beast. There's no doubt about it. He's going to have a huge year. And I can't talk enough about this. Ryan Day's talked about this. Him coming in at the end of July last year and even seeing the field right. was maybe an upset, even if he's the number one player in the nation. The fact that he like played well, I mean, it wasn't, he didn't play great, but he was a, wasn't a starter, but he played well as a true yeah. freshman. I think he's going to take a huge jump from freshman to sophomore, especially considering the fact he didn't get here until the end of July last year. And he talked about that just, just now in the press conference and just how much more comfortable he feels um, having been in it for several months here. And, you know, I think him him and Jack Sawyer, obviously Jack Sawyer's role is, is changing a little bit in that Jack position that we got to see some of today. But I think both of those guys are going to uh, going to have big years and can't wait to use it. I was going to say, I, was just, I like, told him, like, I should have stood up for this podcast with my back the way it is. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was a bad idea. <laughs> the, the view I thought was good, though. It I is a good view. It is a good view. That's our press box. It's a press box. And there's the here's your – Ohio State Buckeyes field right here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is great for the people. This is, this is, well, here's the thing. People are wondering, have they replaced the, the crappy field turf yet? The answer is no, but they will. Coming in June. They will. They will. They're, they're, they're our faces again. All right. Do you want to get to work? 
Yeah, I can, I can handle it from here. All right, all right, all right. Thank you for joining me. I'll be back in just one second. Okay, Steve's gonna jump back back in too. I like that. I like that. All right, let's get to some of the other stuff here. Um, let's see. Have I ever met Phil Castellini? No, I have not met Phil Castellini. Um, oh my God! Just when you think things can't get worse than the for the Reds, there's stupid, you know, frat boy son of the owner comes out and says he basically threatens to move the team and blaming the fans. What an idiot! There's bad PR and there's whatever the hell that was. <laughs> Jeremiah Yoder, the Ohio State Buckeye steam machine getting a roll in 2022. All right. I like it. I like it. I like it. I missed the day. Another one from David Ward, who we've learned is not related to Denzel, but wishes he was. I missed the days of two shutdown DBs like Antoine Winfield and Sean Springs. My man, we all missed those days. But I tell you what, 2019 was pretty damn good. I, I know Damon Arnett flamed out in the NFL. Sean Wade still trying to make it, but Jeff Okuda was great that year, that 2019, those DBs. I'm not saying they're Antoine Winfield and Sean Springs, who are two of the best corners ever play. Antoine Winfield might be my favorite Ohio State player ever. I had to think about that. I just, for a corner at that size to lead the team in tackles and have over 100 tackles, <laughs> Sean Springs won defensive player of the year in the Big Ten with zero interceptions because no one would throw the ball his way. That's how good he was. Yeah, we all miss those guys, but, you know, I think they're going to be just fine um let's see here we've, we've talked about this let's hit on this again thoughts on mccord and devin brown a quarterback from Kerry. i like them both a lot um to me very very interesting to me who is the starter in 2023 i am on record i think Kyle mccord will be the backup this year man if i the more i think about it i think there's a good chance we're gonna bring steve back in here that, that devin brown mm -hmm. wins the job going in 2023 it's gonna be a hell of a battle it's a great problem to have see what are you seeing not just today but spring overall what are you hearing about both Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. Very impressed with what I saw today out of both of them. Um, McCord started out red hot. I think he hit his first seven passes, led the team right down the field. And uh, I think he did a nice job. I think the touchdown pass, uh, he was the one that threw it to the tight end, wasn't it, down the seam. That was pretty, pretty fabulous. Uh, Brown, Joe Royer with a nice catch on that yeah, one, huh? Joe Royer's yeah. looking good. And then Brown came back and hit a nice one to Reese Stocksdale, a walk-on uh, going to the left corner of the end zone, which was a nice play as well. He get victimized later in the game uh, by an interception by the walk-on Cameron Kittle. And, again, that's the only uh, turnover in the game. So that's a bright spot for the offense, obviously, and something the defense has got to make uh, a priority, as I touched on here a little bit ago. Uh, got to turn the opponent over when you can. And that, that begins with getting the pressure up front and forcing the quarterback into bad throws. So I think uh, that's something that this defense is going to be working on, I think, going forward. So uh, a lot I, – I was very impressed with Brown and McCord both. And if, you know, they needed them to play a series or two in an important game or finish an important game or anything else, I think one or both of them by default should be up to that task. And obviously McCord – it seems to me would get the first uh, run at that. He got to play probably a few more steps, although Brown played almost the entire fourth quarter, it seemed like. So uh, I don't know, maybe they wanted to get him some experience, but uh, at least early in the game, McCord was getting more reps with the, the higher end offensive line and receivers. So uh, kind of speaks to the pecking order there, but, you know, great to see Josh Proctor back out there running around at least for a little bit in the first half and, He's a guy that's going to help the defense. I think you've got four frontline safeties with Court Williams, Proctor, uh, McAllister, 
and Hickman. Uh, Hickman. Yeah, those four, I think three of those four will be on the field most of the time, and you can rotate maybe a little bit. Uh, Cam Martinez had some some good moments as well today. Ty Stokes. There was a real funny moment on a swing pass out to the right flat to the running back. I think it was to Pryor or somebody else. And, Probably prior. And and <laughs> Martinez walked up there and just touched him about five yards downfield. And it was they had just gone from thud to tackle. <laughs> and yes. he had forgotten the prior scored a touchdown. He needed right? to wrap up. No. Oh, that was a different one. They knocked him out of bounds oh. after about a 14-yard gain. And Perry Eliano is like screaming at him, <laughs> It's tackle. It's tackle. And then uh that's got to be confusing for these Jim, defensive guys. One one player yeah, flooding and the next play, it's like you're going live. It's like then Jim Knowles is like screaming at everybody else. It's tackle! <laughs> it's tackle! So that is hard when you go from one format to another. And who do you hit? Who do you not hit? Obviously, if you see number seven, you you just lightly brush him yeah. on the way by. You, you want to lose your scholarship? Get him. Get him hurt. One of the worst uh, 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 spring game memories was Luke Fickle. I think tackled Bobby Hoying. And I had my binoculars on. It was full tackle back in 1995. They tackle him. And you look down there, and I look up, and I see Luke Fickle looks up and looks toward the sideline, and his eyes are saucers because he's just injured Bobby Hoying. And it was a, it was a significant foot injury that uh, messed up his preparation for the 1995 season. He ended up having a great year anyway, but – could have been even it better, maybe. You well, know, just for a month or two, you know, he had to rehab his foot. But yeah, uh, but yeah he was fantastic that year. That's why you yeah. don't do, you know, as they say, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You do not put the frontline players in a position where they're going to get uh, crunched. And going way back in the day, I don't remember this firsthand. I remember seeing him play when he was a senior. But Mike Tomzak in 1982, I believe, broke his leg in the spring game yeah. out here. So, uh, yeah, you don't want to hit the. I love that we saw some tackling today. I yeah. love I love how Ryan Day did it. I, I get not you can't go full fledged the entire scrimmage, but I love how he did it today. Basically, thud up with the starters, and then we saw a lot of tackling today. We saw. I tell you, it's funny. Mayan Williams, I think, is underrated. You know, it's when they're out there thudding up. You're like Mayan Williams for two yards. Mayan Williams for three yards. When they start tackling, it's like Mayan Williams for ten yards, twelve yards, twenty three yards. Like, yeah, it's easy to thud up. It's not easy to tackle Mayan Williams. You're not. He's not going down easy. I, I think he's very underrated. I like what I saw to Evan Pryor. And they have one of the best running backs in the country in Travion Henderson. So they're stacked there. And they got uh, Dallin Hayden coming in. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a solid player. Speaking of the running game, D.I. Page wants to know, Steve Hellwagon, what are you thinking about the Buckeyes running game this year? Both the O-line, the running backs themselves, can they get better short yardage? What are your thoughts on the, on the Buckeyes running game, Steve? Yeah, very emboldened after watching what Evan Pryor can do in the open field. And uh, Mayan Williams, I think um, just consistency has been kind of the in issue with him. Like he would have a 30-yard run and then you have a bunch of one- and two-yard runs and you're kind of like, you know, you need to, to even that out. I, as you said, I thought – he played really well here today. I think he had 60 yards and uh, Pryor had 101, which is rare in a spring game that you would see that much dedication to the running game. Trayvon Henderson, I think, had a couple touches early and then, you know, went and grabbed a ball cap as he should. So um, I think uh, this offensive line is built to be a good run blocking offensive line. I think that they've got some kinks. Obviously, they got to work out. Paris Johnson had a, uh, a why do you have a holding penalty and gave up a sack early? I think Sawyer may have beaten him for a sack. So he's got to clean some things up there at left tackle for him to be the left tackle that they need to win a championship uh, this year. So, but uh, yeah, running the football when they want to run the football, that's what 
the goal is going to be for this offense. And, uh, you know, you saw Stroud even run the ball one time, which was, you know, nobody in the stadium saw that coming. So, yeah, and, uh, you know, maybe he'll add that uh, little wrinkle uh, to his uh, repertoire this year. We'll get you out here on this one. I need to get to work. Yeah. Steve, I've covered the team a long time. You've covered it longer than I have by a few years. What was your first spring game? I think he means but you can do both. Spring game that you attended as a fan growing up and then your first spring game that you covered as a professional reporter. Um, I may have come to the spring game in the spring of 86 when I was a high school senior. That may have been the first one I ever came to. Certainly, I would have been here in the spring of 87 uh, because they were supposed to have a pretty good team in the spring of 87. I was definitely here in the spring of 88, which was John Cooper's uh, first spring at Ohio State. Uh, so those are three that kind of stand out to me. Uh, when I was a student here, I would come to it, certainly. And, uh, you know, I would say since 95, I've probably been, I don't think I've missed one since 1995. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, as spring games go, this was another one. So there you go. There you go. I liked it. Well, thank you for joining me. I yep. appreciate it. All right. All get right, back to work, my work. friend. All right. We're going to finish up the show here shortly. Let's get to any more questions we have about uh, the 2022 Buckeyes. Yeah. I, again, I just – this was so much fun today. I can't wait for the season. I love this schedule this year, guys. I mean, what a fun schedule. We're always, always fired up for the opener no matter who it is, right? It could be a MAC team. Youngstown State, although there was some grumbling about that. That was throwing Jim Tressel a bone. They opened up with the Youngstown State a couple years. Um, and, you know, opening up with Notre Dame is so cool. You know, all joking aside, we were talking earlier, having fun with our, our Notre Dame fan friend who likes to jump in our Bucknuts podcast. Hey, I mean, got Notre Dame fans joining the Bucknuts podcast. Uh, what are you going to do? Um, but, you know, still have a lot of respect for that program. I, I, think, I think it's going to be really tough for Notre Dame, though, coming here, playing this team. Man, I don't know, man. I I, I don't know. Um, let's see. The actual attendance number. The final attendance number was 60,007. I love that final number. 60,007. Seven over 60,000. That's my math there. But I love that final number, attributing Dwayne. I don't know if they rigged that to do that or if that's just a coincidence. Hopefully the latter. Ah, it doesn't really matter. I think it's cool. 60,007. Uh, was your attendance today? Um, I actually thought it was going to be a little lower than that. I was I was guessing from the press box it was going to be more like in the 50, 55,000 range. So I was happy it was 60. Um, it's tough to tell sometimes from the press box because you can't see the area below you. You can just see the other side. And you kind of figure whatever the other side is, you know, that the uh, the west side of the stadium is the same as the east side, which we can see. Um, so there you go. Any injuries coming out of the spring game? Just one, um, and we're still waiting to hear the severity. Mitchell Melton. Oh, man. Um, feel bad for that kid. I hope it's nothing because, ugh. first of all, he was coming on, and he was going to be at least a decent part of this defense as a backup this year. He was going to be on the two deep as that Leo. He was going to be a backup D end, and he's a guy that, you know, was a playmaker in high school. He can get after the passer. was known for sacking the quarter. Even though he was a linebacker, was – Made a lot of had a lot of sacks, tackles for loss. Was just a playmaker in high school. I loved his film. And then he missed his first two years at Ohio State, 2020-2021, with injuries. I think he could have come back by the end of last year, but they just held him out. And from all accounts, he was coming on this spring and he had a, a, a non-contact injury. Hopefully, it, it, geez, we've all seen that time and time again. You have a non-contact injury, you start holding your knee. Let's hope it's a sprain and nothing, um, nothing worse than that. So that's the only one that I know of. So hopefully Mitchell Melton's okay. Uh, yeah, David says he's still bothered by 
Desmond Howard's comments towards CJ being uh, protected better. I tell you what, there was a lot of chirping coming out of Ann Arbor last year that they're going to have to answer for now. Jim Harbaugh thought he was out the door. I guarantee you guys 100%. I mean, any Vikings reporter worth their salt has reported this. That Jim Harbaugh came to that second interview on signing day, which really, Michigan's class was in the bag. You know, it's still that bad luck to do it on signing day, even though it really didn't matter. Jim Harbaugh came to that second interview with the Minnesota Vikings thinking he had the job in the bag. His questions were more like, where's my parking space? Where's my office? <laughs> and the Vikings are like, no, dude, this is a real interview. And like sometime, some, sometime during that nine hours, probably during the first hour, they realized, okay, we can't have this guy as our head coach. He had to go crawling back to Ann Arbor with his tail between the legs. Don't forget some of the things that he said after the Ohio State-Michigan game last year. You know, don't forget some of the things that he said. So it's going to be very, very interesting. Michigan hasn't been here in four years. First time that's happened. It's the 100th anniversary of the horseshoe. This is a loaded Ohio State roster, and now they have the coaching in place. This defensive coaching staff was just a complete disarray last year. Guys ran over their head. I love Kerry Combs as a man. I love him as a recruiter. I love him as a defensive backs coach. Way in over his head as a defensive coordinator. You know, I think he'd even admit that. I mean, that's I'm not breaking news to anybody there. I mean, it was just – I think Jim Knowles is going to be exponentially better. Proof will be in the pudding. I can say it all I want. Proof will be in the pudding. But, uh, yeah, man, I, some of the comments from – even though Gaddis isn't there anymore. Gaddis was chirping after the game, too. Gaddis left because he was mad he didn't get promoted. He probably thought he was going to get promoted if, if Harbaugh left. So, Gaddis left. Um, but he was chirping after the game, too. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I cannot wait for the Ohio – I can't wait for the whole season. Let's not skip ahead to week 12. It'll, it'll be here. Let's enjoy the whole season knowing that Michigan has to come here final week of – November and face the music finally. So that's just a, uh, that is a good, 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 good feeling. Yeah. I love Ohio state schedule. A Michigan schedule is very easy or as Ohio state schedule is tough. It's not unmanageable. And, and by the way, even though Ohio state schedule is tough playing all the teams in the East as usual, Notre Dame, you know, and then the crossover games being Wisconsin and Iowa plus Northwestern Northwestern wasn't good last year, but what is their pattern under Pat Fitzgerald? Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, usually. So they were bad last year. They'll probably be decent this year. Um, and Wisconsin and Iowa, they have to come here. But those are tough crossover games. Michigan's schedule is easy. Even though their defense is going to take a step, big, big step back this year, personnel losses, as we know, and losing their defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, who went back to the Ravens after John Harbaugh lent him to his brother for one year to save his job. Um, I think that uh, – but Michigan has, like, their entire offense coming back pretty much. I mean, they lost Hassan Haskins, who was a great running back, at least great college running back, very good college running back. I don't think he's going to be a good NFL running back, but he was a very good running back. They do lose him. They lose an offensive lineman named Stuber, who was pretty good. Uh, but they have most of their offense coming back. Ronnie Bell will be back. So Michigan's offense should be pretty decent. We'll see, um, you know, what their new offensive coordinator does. But uh, their defense is going to take a st big step back. But I think because of their schedule – they're, there's a good chance they're going to come in here with an excellent record. I won't be surprised. I don't think they'll come in here undefeated. I bet they'll come here 10 and 1, though. 9 and 2 at the very, very worst um, because their schedule is easy. Their offense is going to be good. And their defense, um, I think, will be sound. Um, so we'll see. I mean, Michigan's not going to be a joke, but I just am saying when they have to play Ohio State here, that's going to be a bad day for them. That's going to be a bad, bad, bad day. Yeah. So those that are just checking in, uh, Julian Fleming did not play today, precautionary day to day. Ryan Day said afterwards, it's a minor injury, did not elaborate after that. But Julian Fleming sounds like there's nothing to worry about there. Uh, dealing with a minor injury day to day, held him out as a precaution. A couple of G. Scott Jr. questions get here. Carrie, 
Will G. Scott Jr. finally break through uh, as that true receiving tip threat? Kerry says, look, looked better than Ricky Dudley to me. Woo, Ricky Dudley. Fun fact, Ricky Dudley was taken ahead of Eddie George in the 1996 draft. So was Tim Biakabatuka. Ohio State still owes Tim Biakabatuka money for that. Ohio State turned him into a number one pick, and he was drafted ahead of Eddie George. How'd that work out for a Carolina Panthers? In fairness, Tim Biakabatuka did get hurt, but still. Anyway, another one about G. Scott. It's from Jeff. I hope G. Scott starts a tight end this year. I'm really rooting for him. I'm hearing Joe Royer is probably going to be the starter, but, man, I loved what I saw to G. Scott today. And, by the way, did you notice when they had, you know, the backups, all the backups in there and they didn't have any first-teamers in there? G. Scott wasn't in there. He was just in when they were you know, good on good, as they call it. Okay, that's a good sign right there. So, G. Scott can help in the passing game. Now, I'm not ready to say he's better, looking better than Ricky Dudley. Uh, Ricky Dudley, number 10 overall pick of the draft. Dude, was even a good basketball player. Well, he was a solid basketball player here at Ohio State. Those were bad years for Ohio State basketball. It was fun seeing Ricky Dudley out there in a basketball uniform, just absolutely shredded. Um, and he was a really good tight end. If G. Scott can be that, uh, look out. I, I tend to think Joe Royer's the guy that's going to maybe – Kate Stover's going to be out there as that blocking tight end. They're going to use Mitch Rossi. But G. Scott has such a high ceiling, such a high ceiling. And um, I really liked what I saw to him today. Um, let's see what we got here. Looking forward to the season opener, Jeremiah says. He says uh, Ohio State's going to embarrass Notre Dame. He to step on their throats and not let up. I'm sure that's the – I'm sure that is the uh, – I am sure that that is uh, the plan. Um, it reminds me of like when Cincinnati came in here a few years ago. Not that this Notre Dame team will be better than that Cincinnati team in 2019, but when Cincinnati came in in 2019, everybody's like, oh, this is Luke Fickle's going to have his guys ready, and you know, this could be a tough game for Ohio State. Buckeyes won 42 to nothing. Now, again, I don't think they're going to blow out Notre Dame, but I think they're going to win comfortably as they have in all four of, of the Ohio State-Notre Dame games that I've watched in my lifetime and probably most of your lifetime. Yes, yes, that's that's the comment right there, Texas or busted. Thank you. Being born on third base and think you hit a triple. If you don't think – think about how, how irritated you guys are when you hear that, right? Like some of you guys right now, I say that. Jim Harbaugh said Ryan Day thinks he was born – he didn't use his name, but we knew what he was saying. Ryan Day was uh, born on third base and thinks he hit a triple. That makes you mad, doesn't it? How do you think Ryan Day feels about that? I'm telling you, this is a motivated team. <laughs> This is – they finally hate Michigan. I, I, they said all the right things last year. I don't think they actually hated Michigan. Ohio State just owned them for so long. These guys, none of them knew anything about losing to Michigan. Um, they hate them now. They hate them now. Everything that happened in the tunnel, the teams going at in the tunnel last year, Ohio State getting their butts handed to them and losing that game and having to hear about it all offseason. Mick Marotti reminds them all the time about that game and during workouts we've been told. This is a highly motivated Ohio State team. I, I just can't wait for that game. I cannot wait for that game. No, 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 no. They're not going to have a COVID outbreak and cancel the game. Do not do that to me. They do not do not do that to me. I mean, even if you're joking, don't do that to me. Yeah, Evan Pryor. Um, Evan Pryor is a good back. Uh, yeah, you know, we'll see. I think it's going to take injuries, and hopefully there are none, to tra Travion and to Mayan for him to get a lot of run, Evan Pryor, when the game's on the line, I mean. I think they'll sprinkle him in when the game's on the line. I think he'll probably get most of his reps during, you know, um, garbage time. I hate to call it garbage time. It's, those are valuable reps, but you guys know what I mean. Um, fourth quarter when the game is uh, pretty much in hand, we're going to see a lot of Evan Pryor. And again, to be clear, we will see him when the game is on the line. Just you're not going to take Travion Henderson off the field if you don't need to. He, you can swing the ball to him out of the backfield. And he's going to need some rest. But Mayan Williams is the backup running back. And then I love Evan Pryor as that third string running back. We'll mix him in. 
Um, where was Court Williams? I think he might have been banged up. We thought we saw him out there, but he had the he had the you know going to Joey Galloway, uh, Eddie George, rolling the <laughs> rolling the uh, the uniform up, you know, showing the showing the abs off. Something that I have never done in my life: show my abs off. They they do not exist. I probably would show them off if I had them. Um, but yeah. Um, so I think everything's okay with court Williams. They've been talking him up. I'm not sure. We'll try and find out more about that. We thought we saw him out there a little bit, but definitely didn't see him out there much. Um, if at all. So we'll find out about that. CJ Stroud will go down as the goat of Ohio state quarterbacks as Stephen cherry. I mean, if he, uh, if he improves on what he did last year, which look at his numbers from last year and he probably will think about it. He only played in 12 games last year. We'll play more games this year, in my opinion, and a full year and not going to have the slow start like he did last year. I mean, looking back on it, he didn't play bad against Minnesota and Oregon. That was on the defense. He wasn't perfect. He did look a little rattled, you know, against Minnesota making his first start. But still, I, he wasn't like he was bad. Um, but um, is he going to go down as the best Ohio State quarterback of all time? You're talking about Justin Fields. You're talking about the late, great Dwayne Haskins. I know it was one year. Um, you know, you're talking about Troy Smith, the only Ohio State quarterback to ever win the Heisman Trophy. Um, you know, you know, unless you count Les Horvath as a quarterback, which we know, I mean, that he was did a little bit of everything. And technically, I guess he was a quarterback. We'll say that the only quarterback in the modern era um, of Ohio State football to win the Heisman Trophy. Troy Smith is up there and he was a Michigan slayer against good Michigan teams. Ohio State was an underdog to Michigan here at the Horseshoe in 2004 for Troy Smith's uh, coming out party as a sophomore that year. And then he went up to Ann Arbor, had a great comeback in the fourth quarter, stole that game from Michigan in 2005. Then Troy Smith led them to the number one versus number two win here in 2006. We know what happened after that, but uh, after winning the Heisman, the, the banquet circuit was real. But Troy Smith is in the discussion. Rex Kern's in the discussion. I'm going to leave some guys out. I wouldn't say Joe Germain's really in the discussion. I love Joe Germain. I wouldn't put him in one of the greats. Braxton Miller had his moments. You, Got to wonder if Braxton didn't get hurt in that uh, Torres Labrum when Vic Beasley just planted him in that Clemson game. It wasn't Braxton's fault. Terrible blocking um, in that Orange Bowl. Would have Braxton never play a down a quarterback in a real game after that. Re-injured the, as we know, the rest is history. Re-injured the, the Labrum in camp later that year, um, uh, the following season, I should say. And then JT Barrett took off, took over. Then Cardale took over. Won the title, and then Braxton came back to hit for his fifth year as a wide receiver. Never played quarterback again. Braxton Miller. But, man, the more I think about it, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he has a better year than he had last year. I think C.J. Stroud will either be the number one or number two overall pick of the draft. That will make him by far the highest Ohio State quarterback to go in the draft. Uh, I mean, they went since 1982 until Dwayne Haskins in, in 2019 between having a first-round quarterback, Arch Leister in 1982 at the Baltimore Colts, and finally Dwayne Haskins, then Justin Fields last year. So now you're then C.J. Strouds, so and Brian Day's now stacking first-round quarterbacks. I would bet you anything, whoever wins the battle between Kyle McCord and Devin Brown will eventually be a first-round quarterback. Whoever loses that battle might transfer and be his first-round quarterback, Joe Burrow style. Um, it's crazy what they've been able to do here. So will C.J. go down as the best quarterback in Ohio State history? Um I think so. You know, the more I think about it, I think I do think he's going to have a big year this year. And, um, you know, I, I think there's a, a real good chance. We'll put it that way. We'll put it that way. Who is the second best quarterback in the Big Ten? Man, I would need to, like, like really think about this because I'm going to leave somebody out. That's a good one right there. Um, I guess I'd go with the younger uh, the younger Tua – or not the younger Tua, younger uh, Tugavailoa, Talia, Talia. 
Tonga Vailoa. Glad I can pronounce his last name better than his first name. Talia, I think is what it is. Talia. I'll probably go with him. Now, he's inconsistent, but he's extremely, extremely explosive. Who am I leaving out? I don't think the Wisconsin quarterback. Michigan's quarterbacks are decent. Cade McNamara is solid, and J.J. McCarthy has a lot of, um, you know, ability. I think maybe having a two-quarterback system is not best for them. I think they probably need to pick one and go with them. But, hey, do a two-quarterback system. It, it always works out well, Harbaugh. Um, so I'm trying to think who else. Um, I, even though he played poorly against Ohio State last year, I actually like Thorne from Michigan State. Um, Clifford from Penn State, eh. I like their true freshman that they stole from Ohio, though, Drew Aller. Of course, Ohio State's not complaining. They got Devin Brown. So I think Drew Aller is going to be a good quarterback down the line. Not this year. So he's the second-best quarterback in the Big Ten. I'd probably go with uh, Talia Tungavailoa. Um, and a Purdue's quarterback came out at the end of last year. We'll see. Uh, Connor Basilak's transferring from um, Missouri to Indiana. He won't be the best, second-best quarterback in the Big Ten. But I think Connor Basilak will be a solid quarterback for Indiana. That was a good under-the-radar get for them in the transfer portal. I mean, Indiana had a terrible year last year. They were everybody's darling pick to do well after they did well the previous year. And they just completely laid an egg last year. Penix is now transferred and uh, they brought in Connor Basilak. Um, trying to think who else. Yeah. I, I would probably go with uh, Tunga Vailoa as the second best quarterback in, in the conference. I mean, are you assuming that CJ Stroud is the best quarterback? We're just going to assume that. Yes. Yes, we are. We're going to assume he's the best in the nation. I know Bryce Young, you exist, but ask NFL scouts who they prefer. A guy who's barely six foot and Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. They would all tell you CJ Stroud. Six foot three CJ Stroud, put on weight, uh, looks a little quicker, and he's added like 10 pounds. So CJ Stroud's going to have an even better year this year. All right, I'm going to wrap it up now. Look at this flew by. We got what with you guys for about 90 minutes, an hour and a half podcast. Um, look forward to doing this after every game this year. It's going to be so much fun. I appreciate you guys joining me. Um, we are, as we are, as we always do, we do the Buck Dunce Morning Five five times a week for those that are just joining us. Every no, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we do the Buck Nuts Morning Five. I host it three times a week. Dan Rubin comes at you twice a week. We have an array of guests um, and hope you guys can join us every uh, weekday morning for our podcast. And, of course, after every game, Buck Nuts, what we learned live, this being the debut show, can't wait for the actual season. It's going to be a fun season. Can't get here fast enough. Again, I appreciate you guys a lot for joining me. Thank you for all the comments and the questions. You guys are awesome and uh, a lot of fun today at the Horseshoe. And, uh, again, it's going to be a uh, – I won't call it a long offseason. We've got about four months, but uh, a lot of uh, a lot of anticipation, a lot of good things on the horizon for the Buckeyes. Hey, thanks again for joining me. Get on Bucknuts.com. We have Ryan Day's press conference posted. Uh, we're going to have a bunch more coverage. Um, and I will also post – if you missed anything, you can go back and watch – um, the entire show also posts a podcast audio only version that you can listen to later. Um, thanks again, guys. Really appreciate it. Go Bucks. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better 
Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 